Hey everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger And don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. It's a huge bumper weekend as one, but all top five European leagues are in action. Jimmy Conrad joins me to discuss a mouth-watering set of fixtures as Brentford make their Premier League bow against Arsenal. Tottenham travel to the Etihad Stadium with a reluctant Harry Kane in tow. And Manchester United against Leeds. We'll also look at Barcelona's first game post-Messi. Head over to PSG as we look ahead to the new team of Lionel Messi against Strasbourg. And we'll check in with the Bundesliga before bringing it back stateside so Jimmy can go on one of his beautiful rants. Que golazo! Weekend preview begins right now. Ooh, weekend preview! It's the weekend preview! Jimmy Conrad with the biggest drum I've ever seen! Jimmy! drum in my house and my neighbors and my family hate me, but I'm having a great time. It isn't that what matters, everyone. Of course it does! Let's go! Let's go, Jimmy Conrad. I have missed you like peanut butter has missed jelly. Like Ross and Rachel were on a break. I have missed you, Jimmy Conrad. I have missed you, LME. It's great to do this again. Another season is upon us, and I cannot wait to get after it. I feel like a lot of these leagues are going to be super competitive this particular season, minus PSG and Bayern Munich. <laughs> <laughs> and we will get into it, of course. As I mentioned in the intro, everybody, Jimmy Conrad here for the first weekend preview, meaning that we'll break down everything that's going ahead from Friday onwards, your betting tips, analysis, and so much more. And Jimmy Conrad dressed in sync with me, the beautiful turquoise. I have the training Aston Villa kit, and I know Jimmy's beginning trolling again, Jimmy. You're trolling <laughs> already, Jimmy Conrad. Listen, I'm wearing a throwback Barcelona kit, their third kit or their retro kit from last season, if I'm not mistaken. And honestly, I'm just trying to get all the mileage out of this Barcelona jersey that I can, because who's going to wear a Barcelona jersey moving forward? Messi isn't there anymore, Luis. He's not there anymore. It's it's, not, Bar- it's Barcelona Messi-less. It's weird. It's weird. weird. I'm reading that. You know, usually Barcelona in August is very quiet. Now it's like the desert. It's like nothing. It's like nothing. I'm it's like, I'm it's like, like tumble, tumbleweeds are going through. Yeah. But regardless of that, everybody, La Liga does have a lot to offer. But we also, of course, as I mentioned at the top of the show, Jimmy Conrad is here for the weekend preview. We obviously will begin with the Premier League. We'll take a little break. We'll also talk about La Liga, of course, PSG, Strasbourg and Bundesliga and a little bit more of action. All about the weekend, all about the betting tips. By the way, thank you for your support. 
This is season two of Que Golazo. Can't do it without Jimmy. Can't do it without the team. Please keep supporting us. Feed us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube if you're watching. Que Golazo Pod Twitter. Jimmy Conrad on Twitter. What else do you want to plug, Jimmy? We, we love you. We love you. We love you. Because you're one of us. You're one of us. You're one of us. You're one of us. One of us. <laughs> hey, listen, I know that you're really happy because Americans had a blast this summer. Nations League, Gold Cup. Feeling good, huh? I wasn't going to bring it up, but yes, I'm flexing over here. Let's go <laughs> USA all day. The men's side. Unfortunately, the women fell just a little bit short in the Olympics. That said, fair play to Canada. I thought they were fantastic and a deserved gold medal for them. Absolutely. And thank you so much, Jimmy Conrad and Heath Pierce for the gold cup rundown. They were, we got some great reviews so much that I had to call the CBS bosses and say, Hey, listen, don't fire me. Okay. I may, <laughs> I may not be a former star, but I'm still here to available to do things. Come on now. So sad, <laughs> but Jimmy and Heath, thank you so much for that. And of course, attacking third as well for covering the Olympics. Anyway, we can preview Jimmy Conrad. We begin with the mother of them all, the premier league to me, the league I love the most. We have to begin there. It kicks off on Friday. And listen, we're going to do this chronologically, Jimmy Conrad. I know there's some big games, of course. We mentioned United. We mentioned City. We're going to touch on a few games, but let's begin chronologically with the opener. Arsenal against Brentford. And I believe Brentford are hosting Arsenal. It's the Friday curtain raiser. Brentford, new to the Premier League, excited for the Bees to see what they do against their London rivals. What do you have for me? So with regard to Brentford, congratulations to them for being promoted first time in the Premier League. That's very exciting. So for them to host this game, to crack open the league is, is even more exciting. It's going to be a full stadium of fans, which should take it to the next level. Now, I'm less looking at it from their perspective in this. And let's all you Arsenal fans, you long-suffering Arsenal fans, I know it's been almost, what, 17 years since you were invincible. Maybe one day it'll happen in like 50 years. Okay, so <laughs> that's some early shade for all of you. It took five minutes to troll Arsenal. It did. did. I I apologize. So what's interesting for Arsenal is they really need to get in here and get three points. And I say that because they have Chelsea and Manchester City next up on the schedule in their next two fixtures. So they could potentially, if they don't get a, you know, they might get a draw here or whatever, but you can't drop points against the teams that you should be beating. And for any teams, we saw it with with, uh, Aston Villa in particular, right? They did well against the top six but they really struggled against the teams in the bottom half of the table. Arsenal can't fall into that, especially in game one. That said, Brentford are going to really be bringing it. Ivan Tony in particular. I can't believe Newcastle sold that guy for like 600,000 pounds. And now he just scored 31 goals in the championship last season. And guess what we need at Newcastle? We need some goddamn goals. Anyway. Well, you got Joe Willock. Not yet, but it's getting closer. It's on its way, right? It's on its way. It's on its way, but he's not going to be available for this first game. Anyway, Arsenal, I will say on top of that, they're not in Europe this season, so they can really focus all their energy and attention on having a good, strong finish in the league, being more consistent in the league. Uh, I really like the manager going back to Brentford, Thomas Frank. Where I think Arsenal can take advantage of this is that Thomas Frank doesn't care who he's playing against. He's going for it. They play three in the back. They try to really create a lot of numerical advantages out wide and up top, and they're going to run at you. Ivan Tony obviously, is a great example of that. I kind of like Arsenal to give up a goal here, but I think they're going to go on and, and do the business. So if I'm going to jump right into my betting tips, because I know we have a lot of games to cover. Arsenal to win yeah. in over two and a half goals plus 170 is, I think, pretty good. I think we're going to see a bunch of goals in this one. I think both teams are going to come into this wanting to entertain in some capacity. Uh, you got Emil Smith-Rowe. He's going to be wearing the number 10 shirt in an official game for the first time. I like him to get an assist at plus 350. I think that's pretty good value. 
Granite Jaka to get a yellow plus 220. I always got to throw that out there. Always good money, Jimmy. Always. Arsenal to win in both teams to score is actually maybe better, plus 270. But Arsenal to win over two and a half, plus 170, in case maybe they do get a clean sheet. I don't see it happening. I think this Arsenal team is still trying to sort sort themselves out. I do like Ben White a lot. And I think he can take advantage of Brentford. Because Brentford plays a back three, there's going to be pockets of space. Uh, behind the wingbacks. And that's where I think that Arsenal can take big advantage. So I'm curious to see if Aubameyang starts or if Kosaka is going to get the start or who who are going to be the wingers for for Arsenal. That's going to be a big deciding factor in some ways in terms of how they have success. Now, obviously, Saka can come off the bench or whatever it may be and still take advantage of that. But Ben White can hit a dynamite diagonal ball. And I think that could unlock a lot of pressure that Brentford's going to try to 50 million apply. pounds worth uh, diagonal ball? Either. He's going to have to hit about 50 million of them this season, I think, for that <laughs> to, to make it happen. But but I do like Arsenal to, to, get, to get a result in this one, a positive result for all the things that I've been mentioning. I think it's really important for them to start off the season on the right foot. And even though Brentford's going to come with a lot of energy, and I like Ivan Tony to score any time at plus 130 because I think he's going to have something to prove that he deserves to play at this level. You know, that's that's just what I'm looking at and what you guys, I think, should consider. Though Arsenal could Arsenal, as they do, and and stumble here and then obviously struggle against Man City and Chelsea in the next com- couple weeks. Not ideal, but they got a tough start to the schedule and uh, they got to get full three points here. I think there's going to be some urgency. Beautiful context. By the way, this is going to be the first league match between Brentford and Arsenal since 1947, Jimmy Conrad. That's a match that the Gunners won one nothing at Griffin Park. 1947. Listen, the opening fixture of the Premier League alone it's always difficult to try and decipher because they're not really themselves yet, right? They're still trying to play. So that's where a team like Brentford can take advantage of uh, the home crowd, you know, the local support, the energy, you know, everybody will be excited. But Arsenal under Arteta, this is it, man. There's no more, we need more time under him. We need all this. No, get it done. I did my Oye Estas Loco predictions on Twitter, man, your crazy predictions. I said Arteta's gone by Christmas. Like, I'm, wow. I, it's a crazy prediction, but remember, Jimmy, I said well, Lampard would be gone by December, January last season. Right. And that's exactly what happened. You're right. You're so right. I, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I just gave a crazy prediction, and I think it begins right now. To your point, Jimmy Conrad, after this, Man City, Chelsea, they need three points right now. Give me your final prediction. My, my big fear yeah. is to your point about the crowd being behind it, Brentford being excited about being in the Premier League, a lot of players that want to prove they deserve to be in the Premier League for them. If Brentford score first, I could see Arsenal going, oh, man, here we go. You know, here we go again. But if Arsenal want to put that to bed, they need to score first and they need to score early. So I think there's going to be some urgency. If I'm Mikel Arteta, I'm like, we're high pressing. We're going to have to somehow manage Ivan Toney. I'm really curious to see that's because Thomas Partey's out. How Lakanga plays with Jaka? I thought they looked oh, pretty Thomas good. Thomas out, Jimmy. That never happens. Never, never happens. I know. It's so unfortunate, too, because that wasn't really like a hammy or uh you know maybe lack of preparation or not maybe being fully fit this one is just an unfortunate ankle yeah, injury so we'll, we'll get a little past this, he just needs to be fit i know anyway. i know he's yeah. definitely injury prone so so there are a lot of questions here i think for arsenal and i've really for the whole weekend there are a lot of questions for a lot of clubs and now mm-hmm. we're gonna have to get some answers and i'm curious to see how some of these clubs answer but that first goal is going to be very vital and i think if arsenal scores at first they're going to go on to win i say 2-1 arsenal and then a few of my bets will hit, and hopefully some I like that with maybe Brentford. Brentford. Ivan Tony scores, you know. So with maybe good. Brentford scoring first, two one, you think? God, that would be that would that would be a, maybe a version of Arsenal that would be nice to see for them to kind of give up that first goal and, and still punch back and not get overwhelmed and not feel sorry for themselves. 
I'm kind of curious to see what kind of identity is being forged with Mikel Arteta after after finally having a proper offseason, right, to build up that type of character in, in your team. Yeah, the midfield scares me. I'm going to go with a draw here. I'm going to be boring. Let's go wow. with a draw. Let's see. All right, let's move on here. Manchester United against Chelsea. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer did some business. Jaden Sancho, Rafael Varane. This is a side I feel that slowly but surely getting ready to contest against City, Chelsea, Liverpool, etc. Uh, there's a lot of optimism. Uh, granted, uh, apprehensive, but still optimism. And now they face Leeds, who they just announced, Marcelo Bielsa, two days before facing Manchester United, as we tape, uh, signed his new contract. Uh, you know, his worth, his word is as good as any, so it's not like he was going anywhere. But Leeds should feel confident, Leeds should feel good. They did tremendously last season. What do you have for me? Manchester United against Leeds. What a game. This is a great game. And if you guys remember last season, when they played at Old Trafford, Scott McTominay, who turned into Scott Iniesta for the first three minutes of the game, he scored two goals in the first three minutes, and it was done and dusted. And I actually think, we I remember us laughing about it after the fact, Ole Gunnar outmanaged Marcelo Bielsa. And that, he did, that just, like, so, he did. His tactics were better. The, the guys were in better starting spots. They put leads under a lot of pressure. They had a couple turnovers. Bang, bang, bang. It's 2-0 after five minutes. Game's over, ultimately, Man United. But not only, not only sat back, they scored six in total. So... A pretty impressive performance, all things considered. And and we know this from Manchester United. When everything's firing for them, they can be one of the best teams in the world. And, and we saw, I thought, glimpses of that, which really gave them the belief, I think, to go on and have a successful season. That said, Manchester United, what really did them in, I think, they finished second, 13 points behind Man City last season. They struggled at the start. They just couldn't get it going. And so I think that if they really want to be considered title contenders, they get have to win now. The, They're yeah. good away from home, but they have to get those points. They have to get them at home against teams they should beat. And my big concern, though, right now is that Jaden Sancho probably won't start. I think he'll come off the bench. Uh, Veron won't play at all. Marcus Rashford's hurt. Tellus is hurt. Dean Henderson, uh, you know, who's going to start in goal? You know, they've got, some, they've got some issues, and they're not as strong as they could be. Eric Bailly, Ahmad Diallo are coming back from the Olympics, so they How's probably Martial won't be considered. Doing? How's Martial? Uh, Martial, he, I mean, he came back from injury in the final preseason game here, but but I don't know. I think he might be required, you know, right from the start. Because I don't know if, if Cavani's going to play. He looks like Cavani's doubtful. So they have some question marks. That said, I think there is some urgency, and there's going to have to be from, from United here. I mean, they're still going to start. You got Lindelof and Maguire and Shaw, Wambasaka. You're going to have De Gea and goal. So you've got a really steady, consistent back five. But as we've seen, or as we've seen in the press, at least, Ole Gunnar and the preseason games, he wants to switch to a 4-3-3. And he wants to get away from that double pivot. He wants to have just one holding midfielder. And it looks like Nemanja Matic might be the guy because Fred is coming back from the Copa America. And it just, they've got some issues here. So it's looking like Pogba, Matic, and Fernandez, Bruno Fernandez. And then maybe Daniel James, Martial probably will have to start, even though he's probably not 100%. And they got Mason Greenwood. So it's a bit of a mixed bag. This game's a little wide open for me. And, and I do think there's going to be goals scored in this because. The Red Devils haven't looked to secure um, the defensive side of the ball too much. I know they made some signings, but they ended the previous Premier League campaign without a clean sheet in eight of their final nine matches. And in the preseason, their only clean sheet came out came uh, the last time they played against Everton. That was missing Richarlison and Dominic Calvert-Lewin. So I like, and we know Leeds can score. So I like United to win and both teams to score plus 200. I'm looking at that. Bruno Fernandez to score first plus three hundred, which set I think piece taker. Set piece he might taker. be. And, he, and if you want him to score anytime plus one hundred five, I tried to look on Caesar Sportsbook now about because that's who we're partnering with now. 
and because they partnered with William Hill. <laughs> and I couldn't, I couldn't find the line about a penalty, like a penalty being called in this one. But if you can find it, I can see it happening. Get a little Manchester United luck right from the get-go. So I, I just threw a flyer out there. Bruno to score and United to win 2-0, 2-1, or 3-1. Have to beat those three exact score lines. One of those three. Plus 380. So I do think that Bruno is going to have some influence here. I do think he's going to do something. And obviously, if they get a penalty in their favor, he'll probably score it. That's what I'm looking at. That's true. That's true. There's no one else. Very good stuff. I like the Manchester United to win, both teams to score. By the way, uh, talking about the defensive issues of Manchester United, Jimmy, they conceded 28 goals uh, at home in the Premier League last season. That's the most since 62-63 season. And Leeds Leeds like to score. Leeds like to score. I like the Manchester United win, both teams to score. Let's give Bruno Fernandes a penalty or a free kick in there. You never know, right? Yeah. Good one. It's, right. it's, it's an interesting game. If, if I could see some people going, I don't know, I'm feeling like a draw. I mean, you know, I, I don't think a draw is a bad, a bad look either. But I just think that Man United know that if they really want to be title contenders, they got to win their home games, not just their away games. They got to hey, combine listen, all. Hey, a reminder as well, by the way, the, by the new rules that uh, you know they're going to be a little stricter, at least a little bit more uh, deciding on uh, soft penalties. And you know, Manchester United, you love your soft penalties like your ice cream. It's it's so good, right? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to dive deep here, but right. So you got to be careful for that one. So how would Bruno and Manchester United take advantage of that one? All right. So what's your final score prediction? Then Manchester United to score, Leeds uh, to score as well, but Man United to win. Yes, I think 2-1. I'm going another 2-1. I know you guys are like, oh, here he goes again. I think Bruno <laughs> Fernandes will score. I think he's going to find a way to put the team on his back, especially because they're missing a lot of key players. And that's what he does. He seems to step up in these types of moments. I do wonder about this Leeds team. I'm excited that Bielsa got the contract. Definitely deserved it. They didn't make too many signings. You got Junior Fruper coming in from Barcelona for $15 million. Good, solid Pretty signing. Good. They, yep. they made the, the loan deal for Jack Harrison permanent from Manchester City. That's a good signing. And obviously, he's got his core guys. But but can they replicate what they did last season, finishing ninth? That's yep. going to be a tall ask because I think a lot more teams are going to be familiar with what they're going to see with Leeds. But on the same time, you got Bielsa who is, just knows his team a little bit better in these types of competitions and, and at this level. So I'm going to say Manchester United. I'm almost talking myself into a draw, but I think I'm going to stick with United. Yep, I'm going exactly the same scoreline. Manchester United to win 2-1. They need to get things going. They need to get things going right now. That's the early kickoff, by the way, Saturday, 7.30 Eastern. So, Jimmy, if you want to watch that one, you're going to have to get up early. <laughs> yeah. But you don't sleep. Yeah, everybody so just tell me about it. Yeah. Me and Fabrizio Romano don't sleep. <laughs> yeah, you, you guys don't sleep. <laughs> All right, let's keep going here, by the way. Uh, before we get into the big one, I know you want to talk about it, but let's just talk a little bit more about Saturday matches and anything that you wanted to add, by the way, because we also have Leicester City against Wolves at 10 a.m. Eastern, Chelsea Crystal Palace as well. Can I, can I jump there about Chelsea Crystal Palace? Because yep. yep, coming, coming off the UEFA Super Cup, I thought that Chelsea even though they have yet to get the whole Rubble Lukaku thing officially done and sealed, there were moments where I thought, man, Lukaku could really help this team. Uh, 100%. And and what I didn't like about the tactics of of Thomas Tuchel was that once they went up 1-0, they really started to concede a lot of space to Villarreal. Now, when I look at the overall uh, lines for who's going to win the Premier League, Manchester City is minus 150, so you have to bet 150 to win 100. But Chelsea's plus 500. I think Chelsea have a great shot of doing it, especially with Lukaku coming into the team. Jimmy Conrad, this is why me and you are best friends, best buds. I've already said it. I think Chelsea's winning this Premier League. 
Honestly, with Lukaku, with Lukaku, and if they get yeah, with Lukaku, without him though, what I saw against without him is tough. Yeah, I just, I just, I was a little uninspired by what I saw, and and that it wasn't. It was less about their lineup and their tactics. I'm, I'm totally cool and understand why they have success for Thomas Tuchel and the players understand what they have to do. But when they had the lead, they just sat back. I'm like, God, what are you, West Brom? You know, like, like. You have so many talented players. You took the lead the first 20, 30 minutes, very bright, making good decisions on the front foot. And then you concede 40 minutes, 50 minutes next until you now give up a goal because you make a mistake because you're playing so deep. And then you give up a goal and then then you decide to flip the switch and go attack again. I just thought, yeah. I just yeah. I want more from that Chelsea team. So if no, I'm a Chelsea no, I, I'm fan with right you. now. And that's they, why Romelu Lukaku comes in because I think that he not only strengthens that squad, he now offers Thomas Tuchel a variety of formations. And now you can play around. Lukaku is your complete number nine. And to your point, it's not just about the method, which is what Tuchel likes. He likes to be methodical about his wins, right? But they take time, which is why it went all the way to the penalty shootout. With Lukaku, you're not only now winning one nothing. now you can win 3 nothing, 4-1. Kill a team off. And by the way, they're facing Palace under Patrick Vieira, who, you know, it's it's sexy, but the team itself of Crystal Palace is not. And they have to try and figure it out. And they're at home. So I don't want to dwell too much on this game, but surely to no, Chelsea. I, 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 it was, yeah, I definitely have Chelsea winning this one and, and seeing Patrick Vieira do what he did at NYCFC and MLS, which I thought he did a great job, but they had a lot of growing pains because he wanted them to play out of the back. And it was it was tough to watch there for the first five or six months. But once it clicked, they were awesome to watch. And so I just wonder how long it's going to take because Frank DeBoer tried to come in and do the same thing with Palace. And that didn't go very well. So <laughs> I hope I wish Patrick Vieira the very best. I do think Chelsea are going to win this game. But I just there there's a concern. And to your point, I think Romelu Lukaku, because he can hold up the ball well, it, it, with you know, center backs all over them will make a big difference for that team. They don't have to look for the big home run ball every single time because they don't have big guys up top to hold it up. Anyway, Chris, uh, Crystal Palace, wish you the best of luck this season. But uh, this is Chelsea all, all day, every day in this one. Yeah, and Vieira not so nice at Nice. I uh, like what I did there. Right. <laughs> oh 10 a.m. Eastern matches. Watford at stop home. Stop the podcast. It's <laughs> over. It's over. <laughs> That's a dad joke. Hey, I'm over 40 years old. I can say whatever I want. Right. <laughs> Watford at home to the greatest club the world has ever seen. Aston Villa as they obviously pivot after JG. I'm not saying his name all season, by the way. I'm just doing his initial. Uh, Danny Ings. Uh, Leon Bailey won't be ready. But Buendia should have uh, knocked off that little hip knock that he had. But uh, this team is looking good. We're not going to dwell too much into this one because there's plenty of games. Everton, Rafa Benitez at home to Southampton. Burnley against Brighton. Norwich against Liverpool. That's the 1230 on Saturday. Quick on that one, Jimmy. Just give me a quick Yeah, I just want to say that I think Liverpool, they finished third last season despite all of the turmoil, both on and off the field and injuries and all that good stuff. It's crazy to think that they would only maybe finish third with everybody healthy. So I'm curious to see how this Liverpool team comes out firing. I think they're going to be ready to go. I think they're a bit of a sleeper in some ways to to make some noise. And I think they're going to be in there. My only concern with Liverpool, and this is bigger, but I think Sadio Mane and Mo Salah are going to miss a lot of time with the Africa Cup of Nations. And I think they're going to be coming out firing and ready to go. So I actually feel bad uh, for for Norwich this game because I just think, despite their success in the championship last season, very good, especially defensively, best best team in 
the championship. I just think Liverpool are going to going to stop them. Let's not forget that Norwich was a team, right? Liverpool won that great run that season, and then Norwich were the one that beat them, right? Uh, but right, then right. that other one crumbling down. Norwich does have some good players that have come in. Rashika's in there. Cantwell's a good player, of Josh course. Sargent. Josh Let's Sargent. Let's talk about Josh Sargent. No, I wasn't forgetting about him. Uh, alongside backing up Timo Puki as well, and uh, Max Aaron's is a very good player. Oh, so you're right. You're, and they got Billy Gilmore too from Chelsea, yeah, Scotland International. Man. So they have some players, and Timo Puki obviously is going to, you know, need to, to score the few opportunities they're going to get. I think that's the big challenge. And I think Josh Sargent actually fits really well because he's willing to do the dirty work. He's willing I to agree. run the channels. He's willing to do all the high pressing. Now, what am I fear for Josh Sargent, just really quickly about the American International, is that for Werder Bremen last year, he only averaged one and a half shots per game. And I just feel like maybe that helps him. He sets him up because I don't think he's going to get much more with Norwich because they're going to be chasing the game a lot. Yeah. But, but, but. I think he fits that system, so I think he'll be he'll be able to adapt a little bit quicker. I'm, I've got high hopes for him, and, and we'll see. Though it's going to be hard to replace a Buendia, and they might lose Cantwell as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how how Norwich fare. But I just think Liverpool are going to have too much. I think they're back to being close to full strength, even though I think their center backs aren't aren't there yet. But just give them about a month, and I think we'll see peak Liverpool. No, I agree. Get ready for Liverpool to get that redemptionville going. By the way, Shakiri uh, on his way, I think, to Marseille. Uh, per Fabrizio Moran. Uh, Fab I said his name wrong. Sorry, Fabrizio. Um, I'm tired. All right. So let's <laughs> go on here. Sunday game. Yes. Tottenham against Manchester City. All eyes. I've heard of these teams. You, you heard of them, right? I think they're, they're, they're okay. Well, one of them is good. The other one is all eyes on Harry Kane, of course, and to see what his fate is. But as of now, he's a Tottenham player getting ready for the big game against the retain uh, the defending champions that is Manchester City. Yes, all eyes will also be on JG. You can say his name as much as you want. I'm not going to. Um, but, you know, as I mentioned on HQ, by the way, this week as well, they only have Gabriel Jesus as one number nine. Okay? Mm -hmm. So if they want to retain this title, Jimmy Conrad, and win the Champions League, they need either Harry Kane or another number nine. Do you not agree? I agree with you. They definitely need to do something. I I still feel like JG, Mr. Cavs himself, biggest Cavs I've ever seen in the Premier League. You can say, you can say his name, Jimmy. It's okay. Jack Grealish. Yeah. He he uh he still feels like a luxury buy for me. And and I felt the same way for Manchester City when they bought Riyad Mahrez. Like this feels like a luxury buy. You don't really need this guy. Now Mahrez has come good, I think, over the last season and a half, maybe in particular, where he started to really kind of get a little bit more. I don't know, a part of how Pep likes to play. He didn't really feel like he fit the system initially. but He didn't so we'll straight away do like stuff right as well. Right. right. So. And so I'm curious to see how Grealish is going to fit in. That said, he's going to be important because there's no Kevin De Bruyne or Phil Foden in this one. They're, they're missing a lot of players. Kyle Walker probably not playing, but Joe Alcancelo is pretty good. He made the team of the season he's last okay. year. Yep. Uh, Raheem Sterling probably won't play. Maybe he wouldn't have started anyway. But uh, So they have some, some issues. Ederson might not play, so Zach Steffen might get the start in the first Premier League game, which would be... Nice to see. On the other side, Harry Kane. Is he going to play, actually play, against the club that he wants to go to? That's the little drama. That's what I like to call awkward, you know? So we'll consider that. <laughs> Awkwardville. Awkward. So, so Christian Romero, their big signing from Atalanta and the Argentinian national team, and fair play to Argentina for winning the Copa America. Yep. Christian Romero, I don't think is going to start, might not be ready to go in this one. I think that hurts. So you're going to have Eric Dyer and Davinson Sanchez uh, in, in the center back spot. Those guys just leak goals. They just leak goals. And and even though I think I like what Nuno's doing, the new manager with uh, with the team and what he's trying to do, 
I, I, I just worry, especially for this first game. This is a tough draw for the first uh, game of the season for both teams, I think, in some capacity. Also, because City do already have that one game with the Community Shield against Leicester, even though they lost it, they kind of have that one game under their belt where Pep can already start to tinker a little bit because he saw a few things. So I feel like that gives City the, the edge. That said, uh, City haven't actually won in North London in, in the last three times they visited. So I could see a draw here. I might just go 1-1. Yeah, well, listen, Tottenham have faced Man City in their opening top flight match of the season on three previous occasions. And guess what? They've lost none of them. None of them. Okay, fair enough. It's been, it was 1990, 1991. That was a 3-1 win. 95-96 when it was a 1-0 draw. And then 2010-2011, which was also a draw. I like the draw in this one. The draw is well. plus, plus 310. And if you want to do the draw with both teams to score, because we, we all know it's not going to be 0-0. Zero, zero. It's plus 450. So the draw and both teams to score plus 450 is pretty tasty. That said, if I had to pick a one winner and just said the draw was out, I, I would lean to, to Man City, but the bookies think that that City are the heavy favorites, minus 170. Uh, if you think Spurs can pull it out, I mean, they are, they are let me see, let me go back to... And JG are, to score. Plus, plus four, Tottenham are plus 460 at home to, to win. win straight up. That's, that's, I mean, that's enough to be like, I'll put $10 I mean, on that. I'll put $10 I mean, on that. Yeah, I've <laughs> crazier things happen. You know what? I don't think it's going to happen, but it might be worth putting 10 bucks because if it yeah. does, I'm going to be buying myself and my wife some dinner. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. Hey, by the way, one of my favorite videos of the summer was when uh, the team returned to training, Tottenham and Human Son went through the doors. And it was kind of like that. If you're watching this on YouTube, he kind of opened the doors. He was just like, <laughs> like, like he wanted to be there, but not really. Like it's like summer is over. Uh, by the way, him scoring maybe and Tottenham getting a draw or. You never know. You yeah, never know. I wish they had those lines. They never give lines for draws on a player. Listen, score. it's early enough in the season to be okay with that gamble of Tottenham winning. I it's do okay. like Hingman's sco- son to score anytime plus 200 is, is pretty good value. I mean, it's, Hello. it's 100%. Hello. All right. So, what's your final score prediction? I'm going to stick with the 1 1. I do think that Spurs are going to show a little something. I think they have something to prove to themselves, right? Not only Nuno, the manager, but also the players. And, and they want to start the season on the right foot. And obviously, despite all the turmoil, that said, I guess Harry Kane could really change where I lean on this. So if you're really waiting, if you want to bet on this game, you, you my, my honest, my expert advice here, quote unquote, uh, I would put expert, we'll say expert loosely. My expert advice here is to wait to see what the starting lineups are before you make a, make a bet. Because yeah. if Harry Kane plays, I think that could influence, and it should influence the end results, no matter how motivated or unmotivated he is, because he's going to be maybe feeling sorry for him. So I want to be on the other team wearing the blue shirt, not this white one, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I don't know. I, I would just wait to not uh, jump ahead and not make any guesses until you see the starting lineups for both teams. Because obviously if City's set up in a way that you don't really like, like we saw in the Champions League final when Pep decided not to play a CDM, I'm still bitter about it. Why would he do that? Okay, it doesn't matter. Different conversation. He, I, I would just wait to see. I think, I think the expert advice here is to wait to see the starting lineups and then uh, choose wisely. Especially in this opening weekend. You yeah. really want to make sure 100%. who is starting. Exactly. Well, that's the 11.30 a.m. Eastern uh, kickoff on Sunday, uh, NBC and Telemundo. Uh, and uh, before that, by the way, on Sunday, very quick, Newcastle against West Ham. Your Newcastle against West Ham. West Ham, by the way, Jesse Lingard's gone, right? A lot of reliance on Mikhail Antonio. What do you make of this one? <laughs> do Let's I have to make quick, something out of this quick. one? Listen, Newcastle did nothing in the window. They're still waiting for Joe Willick. West Ham didn't really do too much either, even though they're looking to get uh, that, that uh, defender, yeah. Yeah, Milinkovic from, from uh, Fiorentina. 
which I think would be a good signing because Agbana's hurt. Craig Dawson, who they just got from Norwich, who helped them have the best defense in the championship, he's on the wrong side of 30. So they've made a couple moves, but I think because they're in Europe, it's going to be hard for them this season. They have to be looking at this thinking we're going to get all three points um, if they really want to try to replicate what they did last season in the league. Newcastle haven't done much, but I will say if Alonso and Maximin comes in, and is ready to go and can stay healthy, very similar to Thomas Partey. Like, some actually mean clear talent, but but sometimes he misses a lot of games and obviously stunts our, our flow because everything goes through him in particular. I do want to say one thing, though. One of the brightest moves that really isn't talked about with regard to Newcastle, Graham Jones is now the first-team coach. He's running all the trainings. It's not Steve Bruce anymore. Steve Bruce is just man-managing. He's got somebody else doing all the first-team. Th- and, and Graham Jones was an assistant for Gareth Southgate for the Euros. The players trust Graham Jones. He came in last January, and now that he's had a proper offseason, understands what he's working with, I think we're just going to see a better, more compact, more organized Newcastle. The players are really responding to him as opposed to listening to Steve Bruce, and I think that will help us continue to maintain getting 14th in mid-table purgatory. But still, we're not going to get relegated. we got to get some points, especially at St. James's Park, especially with some fans there, and I hope that we get a result, but I could see a draw. No, that's a very good point about Graham Jones. That's right. So you might see a little bit of a different flavor when it comes to at least uh, how they look on the ball. All right, everybody, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll discuss La Liga life for Barcelona after Lionel Messi as they face Real Sociedad. And we'll talk about some other games in Europe. Stay right here. Kego Lasso Weekend Preview. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, everybody, to the first weekend preview of the new season. Jimmy Conrad in the house. Jimmy, you look good. You look fresh. You've been working out. What's going on? Well, I don't look like you. You got a tan that I am envious of. Uh, you I'm Peruvian, were... Jimmy. I'm Peruvian. I just I don't know. This is, this is beyond beyond uh, just being Peruvian. You've got it's a tan. Inca. That, like, it's Inca tan. It's an Inca tan. You, you've enjoyed yourself. That's the kind of tan that I like to see, and, I, and I'm here for it. No, I'm excited. This is uh, there's so many talking points, and and as we talk about the Premier League, I think it's wide open in the Premier League, and I think La Liga is is wide open in some capacity as well. And I think when we get to Serie A uh, next week, uh, when that league starts, that's wide open, and and yeah, so many great storylines. We're here for the beautiful game. I've got plenty of time for it. I can't wait to just sit on my couch and watch as many as possible. Absolutely, we'll get divorced in no time. <laughs> listen, hey, speaking of Serie, hey, wait, 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 wait. You're, yeah, still ma- you're still married. I think so. I gotta check my bed. I think I think so. I think she came back. <laughs> I think she came back. I'm not sure. Amazing. Slowly but surely, she's accepting the fact that this is our life. But anyway, um, you speaking of Serie A, Jimmy Conrad, Paramount Plus, my friend, is your home 
for soccer and Serie A. Stream every match of Serie A. Italy's top. Do you hear the drum? Italy's top league, featuring some of the world's best clubs, including Juventus, Inter Milan, AC Milan, Jose Mourinho's Roma, Napoli, and so much more. My Jimmy, are you excited about Serie A or what? Dude, I cannot good, wait. Huh? And and honestly, the more I'm around the CBS Sports fam and, and Paramount Plus and everything that they're trying to acquire and be a part of in the beautiful game, the more I'm like, I feel so lucky and grateful to be a part of this. So, yes, bring it on. Serie A is on Paramount Plus, baby. I mean, if you haven't signed up for it, I don't know why you have it. Six bucks a month or something? I'm not I'm not even trying to do that as a, as a, as a shill. I just think that's a great deal given everything that's uh, coming your way. It's ridiculous, and we're lucky to have you. By by the way, Serie A, some of the world's biggest stars like Cristiano Ronaldo, Weston McKennie, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Olivier Giroud, the beautiful Olivier <laughs> Giroud. By the way, Venezia have some American talent. Busio is in there as well. Brian Reynolds. There's a lot of Americans on Serie A, but also it's just it's just such a good league. It's giving me the 90s vibe. It's coming right back. Live matches and heart-pounding CBS sports coverage. You don't want to miss Serie A kicks off opening weekend August 21st and 22nd streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus if I'm doing the emoji right here Serie A <laughs> only on Paramount Plus all right we're talking the rest of Europe right now weekend preview let's begin in Spain España La Liga Barcelona without Lionel Messi Jimmy Conrad, they're playing La Real, Real Sociedad. Barcelona won the last meeting 6-1. That was with Messi and with Dest scoring a brace in that mm -hmm. one. Interesting, right? But whatever about Messi, okay, let's talk about also the fact, you know, that also they're going to be without Depay, Aguero, Eric Garcia, Emerson due to the La Liga's financial situation. Ter Stegen is in recovery post a knee surgery. So it's netto between the... You know, the sticks in that one. So the player to watch is Alexander Isaac, I guess, for uh, Real Sociedad as well. But what do you have for me here? Yeah, I think we're going to do a live look at Barcelona right now. Oh, my God, it's a dumpster fire. It's a dumpster <laughs> fire. What is Get happening? Out. Get, Get out. out. Run, run, everybody. Run if you're in Barcelona. It's not safe. It's not a safe place to be right now. What, so, what's so, that family guy, a weatherman thing? <laughs> it's called rain. <laughs> so <laughs> what I want to say is let me start with the outright odds. So okay. to for 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 whoever's going to win outright this the yeah. league this year. Real Madrid are the favorites if you can believe that. Plus 115. Okay. Kareem Benzema the star of the league you would think, you know? Do you think? Potentially. Barcelona plus 225 to win the league. Okay. And put some respect on Atletico Madrid's name. Defending plus champions. Plus 250. I am going to put some money on that. I am going to put some money on Chelsea to win it at plus 500. Well, they're not going to win La Liga, but you know what I'm talking about with Premier League. <laughs> so, so, so that's crazy value. Atleti, for me, are so well positioned to win their first back-to-back -back title in 71 years with Rodrigo de Paul coming in from Udinese, who had Ooh, a fantastic, baby. fantastic Copa America with Argentina. I just think that Atleti are set. I just can't believe that, that, that yeah. Madrid are, haven't done anything that like going to move the needle outside of maybe Eden Hazard being fit. Like That's the only thing. We're starting to, to embark on that, their campaign without Veron and Ramos as their center backs for the first time in, what, 3,000 years? So that's crazy. And then Barcelona's, as we mentioned, is a dumpster fire. This is Atleti all day, every day, plus 250. I just wanted to throw that out there. With regard to Barcelona, though, I just think it's going to be tough. I mean, who they still have some players, of course, but let's let's once they lost Messi, but then when you've, you is, is Depay going to be registered in time? Like, they have all these issues. And sure, they can roll out a team that can be competitive, but and La Real, Real Sociedad, not very good away from home historically. 
So, so this is a really interesting game, but I feel like if you're Real Sociedad, you're looking at this one, you're never going to play a more vulnerable Barcelona team than you are right now. And the way, very similar to Brentford and Arsenal, the way that you make a team that's already kind of on the cusp of being vulnerable feel more vulnerable is you score early and you let them know this is going to be a, a really long 90 minutes. I'm curious to see how Real Sociedad set up because if Messi was playing for Barcelona, I'm pretty sure they'd set up and be defensive and they're going to absorb and try to hit on the counterattack with Alexander Isak and, and all these guys. But I think they have to go for it. I think they have to play in the front foot a little bit and take it to Barcelona. Don't let them establish that rhythm and flow that they're known for. Don't let them get any confidence. I want to lean towards a draw here. I'm going to be honest, just because I just there's so much uncertainty. They don't even know who they are yet. There's so much turmoil. Where are you on this, Luis? Well, you make every good point. I just have two. One, I think uh, 30,000 fans are going to be allowed at, uh, at the stadium. I think that's... <laughs> they're going to boo. That's what they're going to do. Well, that's my point. <laughs> that's my point. They need every single fan to be behind them because if, they, if, they, if it's a negative crowd, that makes it even harder, right? Mm -hmm. And the other point is Pedri. Apparently, he's going to play which is like unbelievable. He went to Euros, he went to Japan, and now they're going to give him, what, a five-hour break? And now he's going to play, apparently? That's how badly they need players. A draw, I mean, let's hope for Barcelona's sake that it's a draw, right? I mean, it's going to be a difficult one. Real Sociedad, to your point, are smelling blood, I think, in this one. And they're going, let's go. Let's do something. I don't know whether they're ready for it or not. That's my point. Uh, yeah, no, I, that's that's the biggest question mark. And and what are those 30,000 fans going to do? Uh, my sense is that they're going to be pretty upset. However, to the same kind of logic that I'm using for Real Sociedad, if Barcelona can score early and get those fans back on their side, then I think that will be really important. So we talked about it with Brentford Arsenal. That, that first goal, and the first goal is pretty vital for a lot of games. I don't want to just, it's a pretty blanket statement, but I just think sometimes it's more vital than others. And, and I'll say that this one is going to be, if, if Barcelona give up an early goal, that those fans are going to double down on the booing. And that could be hard for Barcelona to overcome already in that, in that spot of, uh, who are we? Now, Griezmann, we saw, I would just want to throw this out there. When, when Messi was hurt, was it not last season so much, but two seasons ago, Messi missed a significant part portion, like four or five, six games. And Griezmann had his best four or five, six games when Messi was not on the field. And now it's kind of the Griezmann show up top. So, so him to score any time is plus 120. I would look at it. That's and then uh, plus 400 for him to score first. So that's okay. one. Uh, Alexander Isak to score, score first, or excuse me, any time plus 130. I think those two are going to get looks. Are they going to finish those chances? Uh, that's yet to be determined. But they're going to get some looks for sure. And, Is Anthony Fassi ready? Uh, he's back uh, in training. I don't know. We got Mar How about Braithwaite? Everybody loves... Uh, I can't believe Braithwaite wears the number nine for, for Barcelona. I still can't get over that. But I thought he was solid for Denmark in the Euros. And I think a lot of the a lot of the players that had a good summer will probably parlay that confidence into, into playing well. But it's such a lot of question marks. The draw, everybody, is plus 300. So if you're going to put a flyer out, or if you want to maybe put it in a parlay to spice up your parlay a little bit, I think the draw at plus 300 is pretty good value and something something to consider. Something to consider. Yeah, well, let's try um, Let's try and focus on that one. That's a very good point there. Listen, we're going to wrap the league up because we've got still a lot to do here. Let's go to, just very quickly, on PSG Strasbourg. PSG have been in the news recently, right? Uh, um, listen, there's been talk about Kylian Mbappé wanting out, but then, you know, he posted on social, obviously, hugging Messi, etc. I think he's, he's fine there, I think. I think it's a little bit too much drama. But is there any reason to bet on an upset here? PSG against Strasbourg because Messi's not playing in this one. You'll get your support. It'll be amazing. He'll be shown on the pitch, et cetera. But Strasbourg might want to be the party poopers, no? Nah, 
No, they probably want to be the party poopers, but I don't know if that's going to happen. When I look at what Mauricio Pochettino has at his disposal now, they don't really have any significant injuries. It's just more about whether Messi's fit, if the guys are coming out of that break fit. Now, they, they won their game last week, so they have a little bit of that going for them. My sense is this. PSG are so stacked, and I think we should put a new rule in place for Liga. If they lose a game, it shouldn't just be zero points. It should be negative points. They should not <laughs> lose a game. It should be minus one, just so it makes it competitive. They should do a lap around Paris like, as well. <laughs> they have to get minus points if they lose games. I mean, these it's unreal. This is a cheat code. This, this whole team is a cheat I'm code. I'm with you, man. I'm and with you. and if, they're, if they're not invincible this season, if they drop any points, or not points, but if they lose any games, I, I think that's a failure in some capacity. And listen, yes, I, said, I said if they don't win everything at the end of this season, they should retire from the game. Just go I play. agree with you. I agree with you 100%. The Champions League, I could see you being a little bit different because you could run into a very well-organized Chelsea or or a Bayern Munich with Robert Lewandowski playing out of his mind. Or, you know, you could run into that and in a one-off if it's the final. Okay, that happens. Over two legs, you know, they shouldn't lose to any team over two legs given how stacked they are. Yeah, given the it's just, they have. But it's still, ridiculous. yes, they should not lose a game here. I feel bad for Strasbourg. I think there's going to be a lot of buzz around it. My only concern about the Kylian Mbappe story is that he kind of did something similar ahead of the Euros when he had a little bit of a beef with Olivier Giroud. And during the Euros, he just looked, he didn't look like he was having fun. And I think when we see Kylian Mbappe playing at his best is when he's got a big smile on his face. He knows that he's unstoppable. He knows that nobody can defend him. And he just goes out and plays a little bit free. For now, when I look at him, it looks like he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders. And right now, it probably doesn't matter for PSG because they're like, well, we don't need Mbappe today. If he's not playing well, we got 18 other guys that can that all score buttloads of goals. But but that is my concern. And, and now there's rumors, of course, that Florentino Perez and Real Madrid are just waiting. Like, we'll take him off your hands now if you want. So yeah. And 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 I think PSG should look at it because he'll be free next next season and yeah. at the end of, at the end of the season. So it's well. Here's what I think. I think it's a solid argument, but I think that Mbappe is going to just be patient, see how the chemistry goes with Messi. He knows that he can go, you know, because he in wants January, like, in January. Yeah, he wants that Champions League title too. Like if things are not going well and he's not happy chemistry wise, January comes around and then he looks at what yeah, he has, yeah. etc. He has plenty of time on his hands. All right, let's move to the Bundesliga, Jimmy Conrad. Um, obviously, you know, there's a lot to talk about, but would you, I just want to focus very quickly. Um, on one thing, and that's Jesse Marsh and RB Leipzig as they travel to Mainz, just because he's beginning a new chapter here. It's massive. It's massive to, to take over a team like RB Leipzig and, you know, the coveted league that is the Bundesliga. What do you make of it? Yeah, so with RB Leipzig, just really quick, this is a big deal. He was the assistant coach there before he took over RB Salzburg about three seasons ago. So he does have some familiarity, and obviously he's been in the RB system for quite some time. So everybody knows who he is and knows what he's about. Now he's still got to build that rapport and trust with this current group of players. My big concern for, for RB Leipzig is the fact that they lost their two starting center backs. Kanate went to Liverpool and Upa Meccano went to Bayern Munich, of course, because that's what Bayern Munich does. They steal all the best players yeah. from, from their competing teams. Now, yeah. in their five been. seasons, yeah, in their five seasons in the Bundesliga, RB Leipzig have only failed to be in the top three once. And I, that's, that's pretty impressive. They had the best defensive record in the league last year, so can they keep that up? They made two signings. Uh, Yasko Guardiol. Uh, they call him Little Pep because his name is very similar to Guardiola. Mm -hmm. And he is Croatian uh, international, but he's 20. He's very, very young. And uh, he played all four games for Croatia, and he was solid. And he can play he's out good. of the back. He's very yeah. good. And they also got Mohamed uh, Simikan from from Liga, and he's 19. 
And so it looks like those two guys might be starting for them. And that's a bit of an issue, I think. Gulachi and goal, very solid, more clean sheets in the Bundesliga than anybody else. So, so there is a lot to work with. And, and we'll see if Dominic Zabashlai is healthy. Once again, didn't play much for RB Leipzig at all. But he did play for, for um, Jesse at RB Salzburg. I like this team a lot. I'm very curious to see how he does. I want him to have tremendous success and at least push Bayern to, to win the league. And they're playing against Mainz, who, what's crazy about Mainz, really quick, they're away to Mainz. Mainz got seven points, Luis, in the first half of the season. I mean, they were dead. They were on the bottom of the table. And then the second, second half of the season, 32 points, and they were, they were playing some free-flowing attacking football, and I was here for it. I had plenty of time for Mainz when they play like that. So I think they could parlay that momentum, especially with the proper summer, to be difficult for this first one. This is a tough test, and I'm curious to see how RB Leipzig does. But of course, since I'm a big Jesse Marsh fan and as an American, I think he's going to win every single game and and uh, not allow Bayern Munich to win the title for the 10th straight year. But we'll see. We'll see. I might we, be a little biased, but we'll see. Well, maybe the confidence of the summer will push it into <laughs> Jesse Marsh. Listen, That's I'm fair. not American, but I can tell you one thing. Jesse Marsh, I'm such a big fan of that man. He is a great human being, mm -hmm. a great manager. And he's done just, you know, we talk about Pulisic and McKenney, Reina, Jesse Marsh. What he's doing for American talent overall, generally speaking, is fantastic. So I do wish him all the best. By the way, Mönchengladbach as well against Bayern Munich. Yeah, good one. Uh, uh, that's on Friday, by the way. And that's ahead of uh, the Super Cup, the DFL Super Cup against Dortmund. And Dortmund uh, with Erling Haaland, who's staying as we speak, staying, right, hosting. Uh, Eintracht Frankfurt, and that's on Saturday. That's a uh, 12.30 Eastern kickoff. All right, listen, that's it. That's our weekend preview, but I do want to get a final thoughts from Jimmy Conrad, and we're going to bring it stateside because I know where he's going here, but Jimmy, talk to me. What are your final okay. thoughts before we say goodbye? Thank you for this platform. My final thought, and I want you to get your final thought on my final thought and it's like final, <laughs> final, final thought. So, so I, got, I, I, got into, I got into it with some Sporting Kansas City fans. Now, I play okay. for Sporting Kansas City. Yeah, for eight years, right? My name's in the wall. It's unbelievable. I'm in their hall of fame. You go to the stadium, you see my name. Unbelievable. That's my flex of the day. But what I yeah. want to say is they just got their asses kicked by Leon in, in Liga MA kiss. Leon, 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 not Leon, Leon. Listen, no, you did it right. I'm just confirming so, with you. Soy gringo, <laughs> <laughs> but, but they, they got crushed in, in six, one mm -hmm. and, and they rolled out a U 23 team. Because Peter Vermes, the coach of the team, is like, hey, listen, we have seven games in 22 days. And, you know, we have to be thoughtful about that. And then I think I just was pissed. I was embarrassed, frankly, that we, that we rolled out a team that wasn't our best team, that we got stomped by a, a Mexican team once again, which seems to happen all the time, whether it's the League Cup or, or this new League's Cup or, or, or the CONCACAF Champions League or whatever. And I just... It pisses me off. And, and I just, I got into it with some Sporting Kansas City fans. They're like, oh, well, you know, we don't, we don't care about this. It doesn't matter. It's a made up thing anyway. That's fine. I get that. And I get that the scheduling is bullshit. I get all that. But what I don't understand is you're still representing your club. And, and it still is a reflection on the club overall. Yeah, I don't care about what it looks like to MLS. I'm talking about Sporting Kansas City. And mm -hmm. the fact that we didn't take it serious, and other clubs are, Seattle Sounders beat Tigres 3-0. I just don't, I just don't get it. And the fact that the fans are like, oh, I can't get engaged. You can't get engaged. And if I was a player on the team, these are the games that I would want to play in. These are the games that have the most juice. You see all these MLS teams all the time. Like, we get to play against a Mexican team in a competition. Sure, it's, it's new, so it doesn't have as much meaning. But we have a chance to go out there and prove ourselves against a team from, from south of the border who always have our number. I want to play in this one. So I don't understand it. 
I think that you should always put your best foot forward. If you agree to be in the competition, you have to go for it and win. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm pissed because is Barcelona, let's just use them as an example with, with Messi. If, if they had a game that they didn't really want to, or they were in a competition, are they going to roll out their, their U23s? Of course they're not. They're going to go and they're going to try to play and they're going to win because they're Barcelona. And if you want to be considered a big club, you have to play in these ones and try. Now, my fear and then, then they're like, oh, well, the league is more important. Dude, seven teams make the playoffs from each conference. Yeah, that's you can, where I you can, you can drop a game or two, and it's not a big deal. Like, that, that is such a lame-ass argument for me. Go and try to win this. Now, I think the big thing here is, and I'm going to call it out, is that I don't think Peter Vermes wanted to roll out his first team and still get his ass kicked because psychologically, that would impact his team. Instead, he's got an excuse, well, we played our young guys, we lost, whatever. It doesn't make a difference. Mm. That's fair. You know what? He might be playing four-dimensional chess while we're playing checkers. And if that's the case, and that's what he saw with the team, because maybe they're a little bit more soft than, than he thinks, or, or, or as they've proven, I don't know. I don't know exactly. But I think that's what really was the case here. And I think everything else is just smoke and mirrors. And, and I just won't stand for it. And that was my final thought. Thank you for having me. Well, I love it, man. And I'm standing up. Get that drum going. Listen, I'm not going to add too much with that because I agree 100%. I don't think MLS is in a position. For, I mean, you said forget MLS. Sun, you know, earthquake, you're not well, in a position. I was just, yeah, yeah. I was just trying to speak for like, because people are like, oh, you know, Kansas City losing here makes MLS look bad. Like, I don't care about MLS looking bad because <laughs> they, they have their own issues to work with. This, this is sporting Kansas City looking bad. That's, Listen, that's what I care about in this particular moment. I, I don't think you're in a top of the Western Conference, okay? Let, to your point, seven teams make the playoffs. Also, you're in a position right now to really make a statement against um, Mexican sides that really are also still really commanding this side of the world. And it's, 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 it's one thing to lose. It's fine to lose. It's fine. But I, I, think, I agree with you. I think there should have been a more proactive way from Peter Vermees to at least try and put some kind of and by the way any fan that says oh we don't care about well you don't care right now because you lost but i tell you one thing won't happen well the, the coin would have been different had you won i think i all i'm gonna say really quick is that when i speak to my friends that that primarily support uh any, any teams in in the mexican league they think mls teams are a joke they think they're mm. a joke you go around the world oh yeah, we know who these teams are. And obviously that's cool brand recognition or whatever, but they still think we're kind of a joke. You have to win these games. I don't care what the competition is. I don't care if it's a goddamn friendly. You still have to go out there and win those games. How else are you going to earn respect? And so this is where like, yeah, you're right. To the fans point, and I get where they're coming from, right? They've they've been abused a few times by Monterey in particular over the last few years where they lost 5-0 and they, they put everything into the CONCACAF Champions League and they still lost. Hey, that's part of it. But you still go out there and put your best foot forward. You still go and out there and try the to earn that respect. the mentality is the same. And it's because the mentality remains the same. I'm with you, man. I'm with you 100%. Anyway, I got all hot at the end of the podcast. Thank you for having me, everybody. Let's go. No, I love it. We begin hot. We end hot. Jimmy Conrad, this is why he's the GOAT. This is why he's got his uh, little room there in the Hall of Fame over there. As can see. <laughs> I got a little Hall of Fame. You can't see it because the camera's not here. But right here, I got my Jimmy Conrad shrine. It's part of the reason why I'm getting divorced. I talk too much about Jimmy Conrad. Jimmy Conrad. We can preview. By the way, Jimmy will be back with Heath Piers as well. We can recap as well. Jimmy, have a great, great weekend. I hope you enjoy all the matches. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, brother. Thank you, and thank you for everybody listening. Enjoy the matches because it is, like Luis said, going to be an amazing weekend of games. Play that drum one more time. Boom. Boom. One of us, you're 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 one of us,
Hey everybody, I want to thank Jimmy Conrad for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Pod. We are also on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube already, you know that. YouTube.com forward slash Lasso, where all the videos are there as well, including our Premier League preview, part one and two. Apple Podcasts, please leave a rating and review. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, CBS Sports, and your CBS Sports app. We have plenty more to come from us, including our weekend recap at the end of the weekend. Enjoy the matches. Enjoy the action. We'll see you next time. 